The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box. Welcome back to George's Box. I'm JJ. I'm Nick. And we got Dan the intern with us. And it is, I mean, it is a good day to be a Yankee fan. I get, you know, it's been a good week. I've been very negative about the team. Um, I said that they had to win two out of three for the rest of the season. I said that a couple of weeks ago. And they've won two out of three the last, like, seven series. We haven't had a losing week in, what, two months? Month and a half? Two months. I mean, I feel like M- that's Maybe a, a month stretch. and a half. I, I mean. Definitely since, uh, you know, the All-Star break, which is a month. Maybe like six weeks. Yeah, we had. I think they went four and two going into the break. Yeah, we had. Like they beat the Mariners and. We had, no, we had like a, a pretty much like a 500 week when we played the Phillies, then the Red Sox. But once we went down to Florida and everyone got COVID, we've really been. I mean, I did say early in the season that what we needed the most was a COVID outbreak. And three COVID outbreaks later, we got it. Three of them. Yeah, we've really and we've really taken off since Rizzo and Gallo. I mean, I was at the game Saturday. We're going to talk about all the games, but the the home run that Gallo hit in the 10th in Chicago, that ball still hasn't landed. And I was right there to see it. They've been they've been huge boosts. Even the 10 games Rizzo's played, even though we've lost them for some time, they've both been huge boosts. Yeah. No, I mean, I think when we get Rizzo back, like back, back, I mean, it just, it changes so many things. Like I know Luke Voigt has had some big hits this week. I'm not trying to say, yeah, I'm not trying to send him to a fucking concentration camp or in North Korea or whatever they call a work camp in North Korea. Um, but you just see some of the balls that are thrown or some of the ones that like, he's not, he doesn't get off the bag to, to get, Rizzo gets those. I had a buddy here um, from New York, like one of my childhood friends who's a Mets fan, this whole weekend. Yeah, I just dropped him off at the train, and he got here Thursday right before the Field of Dreams game. And so it's kind of funny, like when we played the Phillies in Philly and we tied that game up, the first game up, 
I was with one of my buddies. Like, you don't watch many Phillies games, do you? And I was like, no, not at all. He's like, oh, we suck. We're going to blow this. Then the next day, I left that game early. I was at the weed dispensary, and the guy was like, really? You left already? Like, they came back last night. I was like, no, no, you've seen one Yankee game. I've seen all Yankee games. I know. (laughs) So then, like, going through, like, some of the critiques I have of, like, you know, Rizzo, uh, you know, where I'm just like, Rizzo would have had that when, you know, Voight is kind of diving but trying to keep his foot on the bag but not, you know, not stopping the ball. Um, And even, like, the Field of Dreams game, I as soon as we walked, had that walk and Tim Anderson came up, I said to my buddy, I was just I, like, Stan hit the home run. Once Britain had that walk, I was like, oh, no, we're going to lose this game. Like, we're about to, it's going to be a walk. Everybody's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Boom, happens. Saturday, we're watching. Chad Green comes in in the eighth, gets that out. And I'm just like, Chad Green stinks. Like, Chad Green in the ninth. Not going to be good. My buddy was like, listen, I'm tired. I'm going to bed. Like, All right, I'm hanging out on the couch. Get up the next day. And he's like, so Yankees want to go. Yeah, but we fucking blew that that game. You know, so it's it, it's really getting very predictable about what the team will do. But they are surprising us in the fact that, like, they came back in that 10th inning and won. A month Shot ago, game. we don't win Shot. that game. No, like no, no. I was sitting, close. I was sitting in left field. You know, we're one strike away. It's tough being one strike away. There's a difference of oh, we blew it in the ninth. When you're one pitch away, it's even worse. And Abreu, as soon as he hit it, you knew it was gone. And I thought they were just going to walk us off in the ninth. I was absolutely shocked, shocked that we won that game. But I mean, yeah, you go back to Thursday, and it's not just that Britain. He walked a guy. He had the nine hitter, o two, and he walked him. Like that's different than just walking somebody. You're a loser at that point. Britain has been an absolute loser all year. He either hasn't played or he's pitched horribly. I think when you look at like the whole week, you know, the Royals, that was time, you know, it's time to eat. You got to beat those teams. You got to take the two out of three. You wanted to sweep. Um, but like nothing, you know, exceptionally exciting about those games, which was nice, yeah. which, you know, I think as Yankee fans for some of like, hey, cool, I needed that. I needed to not have to stress out right now about a game. Like, go to the Midwest, beat up on some team. Um, I don't really have much on the Royals series, do you? Nah, Monday night, I I went to bed. I think it was the 11th inning, and they ended up winning in 12. And then Wednesday was just kind of a relaxing getaway day, which I really enjoyed. But yeah, I mean, talking... Talking about the White Sox, it's just it was just so predictable with Britain. And you can't we're paying this guy 14 million dollars to be a top five reliever. And he's basically been a bottom five reliever. It's just the value and what we're paying and what we're getting. It's just not there. So I and so now Britain has asked out of the ninth inning role. He let Aaron Boone know that he shouldn't be in that position. I got into a little bit of back and forth. A healthy back and forth with uh, Emily Nyman. Nyman, M does it. I think is her Twitter handle. She has a podcast. Uh, yeah, I've seen some of her tweets floating around. Yeah, yeah. Hold on. I want to. I, I I like her, so I want to like make sure that I plug her stuff appropriately. Uh, God damn it! What is your name? Yes, M. She does it. Emily Nyman. I think she has her own podcast, Breaking Balls Pod. So I had said something like, I think, and we've talked about this before, I believe there is organizational chaos within the New York Yankees. She did not, we went back and forth, I was kind of laying out some examples and, you know, kind of treating it as, oh, just because one thing happened doesn't mean it's organizational chaos. I feel that Zach Britton 
going to the manager and saying, I shouldn't be pitching in the ninth inning is organizational chaos. You shouldn't. Nobody needed to hear that from Zach Britton. Nobody who's watched a baseball game needs to hear that. And you don't need that going to the media. Like, that is your, that's about, hey, here's what I did. I went, I know I messed up, so I'm owning it. And I went to the manager. Look at me. I did the right thing. Right, right. Who does that help? That's Aaron Judge saying I don't need to be on the I.L., playing half a game, going back on the I.L. That's kind of a pattern, though, with Britain. I mean, I remember in spring training when he was kind of criticizing and ripping Herman and saying you can't pick your teammates. And I get it. Domestic violence is bad, obviously. But it, it seemed like one of those look at me, you know, I, I'm I'm the man. I'm self-righteous moments. I think Britain kind of likes that. He's the union guy, too. I think he likes being the union guy and, and kind of being a tough guy. I, I think that might just more be more of a Britain thing now that we're talking it out. Like, he kind of likes the attention. I don't have an issue with the... Herman as much because you know that's you're judged by your family your wife your daughter your mother your mother-in-law all of that I you know that's something off the field but like there's no debate about you stink at baseball right oh now. my god oh my god yeah terrible and so while and I'm a little tired of the listen hey we went to two out of three games against a first place team that will be in the playoffs that's it that's the end of that. There is no – we don't have to fluff it up. We weren't even at full strength. Wait till we're at – win's a win. Oh, well, if we had Chapman, we would, maybe if we had Chapman, we're both. Who knows we're going to have Chapman back? Like you can't – as we've learned in the last 24 hours, who knows when you're going to get anyone back? Seve, who knows? Clint, who knows? Not that like we're dying to get Clint back, but we can't rely that anyone who's not in that clubhouse – is going to be coming back. Kind of way we can't even rely that anyone in that clubhouse is going to stay in that clubhouse. Well, I'm always hearing, oh, once we're fully healthy or when we're fully healthy, we can beat anybody. This team hasn't been fully healthy ever in the past. But is any team fully healthy? No, not really. Not really. If you're at 80% or above, I think that's like, you know, you're fair. You're fair game. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but I, I don't know. Like I'm not paying attention to everyone else's, you know, injuries i mean the padres have been playing pretty good with like the best player in the league on three separate il stints teams find a way to get through i mean their pitching has fallen apart the dodgers keep saying right i mean they keep picking guys up but like they lost bauer for the season kershaw hasn't really played much uh hasn't like walker bueller missed time like everyone's missing time that's the sport the Astros with Bre- – I think Bregman's been out for like two months, and they've been in first place wire to wire all year. Verlander's not even playing. Right. <laughs> I totally forgot about him. And you mentioned Sale. Look, Sale comes back Saturday. looks good. He's, he's at 98, 99 on the gun. And then we have Seve, who – I think Seve, it, it's a good way to, to separate the delusional Yankee fans and the realistic Yankee fans. Like the delusional Yankee fans are still sitting here for the past three years. Oh, when we get Seve back, when we get Seve back, he's just not coming back. I, I don't know if this guy's going to pitch for us – ever again did you see what i quote tweeted to make fun of it there was a guy who said you know who else didn't feel right for two years sandy koufax Luis <laughs> severino is sandy koufax 
It's wild, man. It's, it's people are nuts. People are so delusional. And with him specifically, it's like the guy and they act like, like he's a victim and I get it, but he's the guy that didn't want to get in the MRI machine. Like this has not all been poor Sevy. Like yes. he has made some bad decisions along the way here. He has made like, and also let's keep this in mind. This isn't some guy who works in a deli who got COVID and now he can't go into work and now he can't pay his rent. Right. <laughs> this guy's getting paid. Lives a nice life, has made some poor personal choices about the treatment of his injuries, and like, I mean, you can't count on him. Like, I hope that the the information that Aaron Boone couldn't share at four o'clock because he <laughs> wants to wait till Sevy gets a chance to talk to his doctor. I mean, that's not going to be good. No, not at all. And obviously he's not, we know he's not going to pitch this year. You hope it's not going to be some sort of, you know, additional surgery and a six month shoulder thing. You know, you hope it's whatever a strain and it's two to three months and maybe he can ramp up in spring training. The problem is that we're going to go into this off season. We're going to have fans slotting him into the number two spot and saying, we don't need to sign a starting pitcher. You can't count on him for anything. You can't count on him for anything in 2022. And if you do, you're an idiot. No, I mean, I'm just right now. He's never playing for us again, in my mind. He'll go into free agency at the end of next year. Maybe someone, you know, someone will give him a deal. Hopefully not us. Unless he can rebound. He forgets what time a playoff game starts. That spring, he gets a $40 million extension, and he's pitched three games since. That's the beginning of organizational chaos. That's when it really started for me. Was and when he missed that. that, and they paid Hicks a week later. <laughs> yeah, those are the two guys they paid. They picked to pay. Yeah, it's um, and so I mean, I'm still on the like. If we don't win the World Series, everyone's got to go. You know, and I see people defending Cashman being and Boone. His job's to put the players on the field. If they don't perform, that's a well. Your job as a manager isn't just to write the lineup card. That's the way people treat it. Well, he writes the lineup card. And Cashman goes out and gets the best player. Well, if they're not the best players, you didn't do a good job. Your job is to measure talent, pick the guys to give the contracts to, that it's going to work out, that aren't going to be on the IL for three years straight. Yeah, look, looking at injuries. And with Voight and Rizzo, you mentioned just the scoops and the picking and the stopping the ball, but... Look at Saturday night. There was a pop-up right to Voight, basically, in foul territory. He's waiting for Higgy to sprint out there in his catcher's gear and catch it. Like, that can't happen. And that's just mental. It's just mental. I don't know what it is, but he is a total liability in the field in every way. Scoops, pop-ups, range, everything. And it's just – That was so you, you odd, too, because Voight's like – Voight is an aggressive player. Yeah. You've weird. been on the IL for a long time, a bunch of times. Like, go get that fucking ball. You know, like Chris Sale talked about, I'll never take another inning of Major League Baseball for granted after missing all this time. Void, where is that? Right. Yeah. You know? And it's not like, yeah, I'm just some fat guy in South Jersey saying, like, I'd give anything to catch a pop-up first base for the Yankees. But, like, there are a lot of people who would who were probably sitting on that bench. What do you think even happened? Because Rizzo is probably coming back to the team like Tuesday or Wednesday is my understanding. I mean, what happened? Like, what does the the team look like? Because right now, I'm going to be honest, I'm always a play the hot hand guy. Tyler Wade's a hot hand right now. 
And a shortstop, yeah. Geo is only running at 80%. Glaber is not back with us yet, so it's not going to be him. I mean, are you going to send down, you know, a, the, a backup shortstop? What's his name? Velasquez? Velasquez, yeah. Boom. I said it right. I got the name right. I've researched it to make sure I said it right. But, like, are you going to send that guy down so you have Luke Voigt? Yeah, I don't know. It's tough. They have a lot of they have a lot of tough decisions to make. Voigt's going to stay up just because Stanton's going to need rest days at DH. Yeah. Rizzo will need, and especially coming off of COVID, Rizzo having the pre-existing stuff. I don't, he's see, I don't think so. Too. I think you run Rizzo into the fucking ground. He's not ours. He's a rental. He just got twenty percent of the time off. Fuck it. If you send down he's the last was, is Wade the only shortstop then on the roster at that yes. point? You can't really send him down. No. Do they go short in the bullpen? Can we afford to go short in yeah, the bullpen? I don't know. They're all gassed and they all kind of suck. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, maybe if you cut it down where it's like you've got like Krisky and that's just like, hey, if we're getting blown out, like you're just going to have to fucking eat innings. I think Krisky was the move today for Cole yes, coming he back. He was. Yeah. So that's good. We won't, we'll never have to see him again. But, like, you just got to cut down. Like, sometimes we carry two guys who can eat shit. Like, we just have to carry one eat shit guy. Yeah, We also have a six-man. I mean, we get the extra guy tomorrow, but, like, we're running a six-man rotation this week. Yeah, why, and why is Haney pitching against – ball? like, uh, Haney would be the guy I'd want to send down. Why are we giving him a Red Sox start? Can you explain that to me? <laughs> who else is – who are you going to have do it? I would have maybe started him. I don't know. I would have had Cole pitching against the Red Sox. No matter. That was my first mistake. Why is Cole pitching against the Angels and not Boston? I think Cole is. I don't. I haven't done the math, but if that gets you one extra, if one day gets you one extra Cole start, you take that. Okay. I, yeah. I don't know what my solution is, but it's it it involves not having Haney start against the Red Sox. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I looked at it and I was just like, is there anyone else? You know, or even like, but see, it'd be short. It'd be short rest because I thought, like, can you get him in one of the Tuesday games? Like, just fucking get him in a seven-inning game because at least, say, the bullpen only has to throw three innings instead of five. Tyone would be on short rest, too. Yeah, yeah I guess there is no other option. But that just seems that just seems Fuck like it, a throw disaster. Nestor out there. Nestor's ready to go. <laughs> He's always ready to go. You got to think they're going to split that doubleheader, and it's just tough to think about Haney coming out on Wednesday. He he would be, he would be my move if I could. Um, although you would think with Montgomery coming back – pitching Tuesday that Haney would be the move there, but he's clearly not because he's pitching Wednesday. So yeah, I really have no idea. There's a lot of puzzle pieces here. That well, I we don't know where they're going to fit. With, like they're going to do some like 26th or 27th man shit on Tuesday for the doubleheader. So okay. it'll be like, it'll probably be like heels the, the extra guy. Cause he's not on the roster right now either. And then he'll go down right after the game. I think Albert Abreu for a while was kind of that last man in the bullpen, but he showed a lot of nuts coming into that game. Bases loaded, one out on the road, and locking it down. So yeah. he's probably safe for a while, and he throws really hard. Yeah. I mean, you can't teach speed. I guess you can, but it's tough. <laughs> um, yeah, I, the the way the roster, you know, shapes itself over the next, you know, month and a half is going to be interesting i mean the roster is still expand in like two weeks so it won't be too much of an issue right we got that coming up and we still have a couple of days where somebody could get hurt before it's time for rizzo to come back so we can't get ahead of ourselves this is exactly what happened last time i did want to ask you about one of your tweets because it's going to lead into something i want to talk about okay on, on thursday you had said you know cole if cole's at the field of dreams game why why can't he pitch he's off the COVID aisle he's testing negative why are all of these guys 
you know, they, they're cleared from COVID or they're clear to come back and Gary's catching in double A and they're taking workouts. Like once you test negative, man, so I think I just come back. I think I misunderstood the COVID rules. Okay. Um, so apparently what people are telling me is Cole wasn't eligible to come back until Sunday. My understanding of it was you go on the COVID IL until you're just better. Like I thought it wasn't tied. It's not like, oh, I did a hamstring. I'm better in seven days. No, you got to stay off for 10 days. That's how that works. You know, So people aren't like hiding injuries because otherwise if there wasn't a 10-day IL and you just needed to like clear a roster spot for a couple days – you just go, oh, you know, right now, oh, hey, uh, Voight's got a hamstring. Rizzo's back. Voight's got a hamstring. Someone gets injured in three days. Ah, oh, Hammy's better. I'm back. You know, you're, you get to play too much with the roster. But COVID isn't a thing. Like, no one comes in and goes, oh, I got COVID. You get tested. The league tells you you have it. Whether you're symptomatic, asymptomatic, whatever it is, you're telling people, and I am not comparing. COVID is very different from the flu. It's stronger, all that stuff, right? But it is a sickness like a flu, like a cold, whatever it is, where, yes, in theory, even with the flu, like the Jordan flu game, you look back at it like, what the fuck are you doing? But once you're healthy from that, you should be able to come back. It's not an injury. You're not injured. The league told you you can't play. And Gary's in double A yesterday on Sunday, hanging with the Somerset team. So here's... that move to a certain extent makes sense to me. Now, in the the seasons on the line every game rationale, it makes no sense at all. But Gary wasn't with them in Chicago. Now, Gary was Gary. Gary was COVID too, right? Gary was COVID too. I think it was like a day after Cole. Yeah. It was Cole and then it was Montgomery Gary same day, I believe. So I think maybe there's like at seven days you can rejoin the team, but then you've got to wait three more or whatever before you come back. So if you can't join for the photo ops of Field of Dreams, they didn't fly you out there. Now you're going to fly your catcher who hasn't played in 10 days to Chicago to catch to get on a plane to go back. And I'm not trying to, you know, Aaron Judge, Cleveland, the, you know, Tampa, put him in a body bag. But it's it's a pain in the dick flight. Now you're, you know, you're adding extra to it. Let him go get a couple at-bats in double A. But then I also thought he's ready to go tonight. Right, and your flight thing makes sense. Fine. You know, why do you fly him to Chicago for the one game? I get that. But yeah, tonight, Monday night, you know, you got to win. They're two and a half games back of the wild card. It just seems like they're being very – and I look, you got to be cautious with COVID. But these quote-unquote 10-day COVID IELTS, these guys are really missing about 18 to 20 days if you actually look at it. Between 15 and 20 depending on the player. This is not a 7 to 10-day thing. These are turning into two, two-and-a-half-week absences. And it's it's really – hasn't hurt them too bad because they went four and two last week. But it just seems like, man, if they're able to work out and hang out and do all this stuff, let's take big league reps. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I think if the rule is the way I just explained it, I just think it's a stupid rule. Like, baseball did a bad job there. Yeah. If you're testing negative, you should be able to play. That's all, you know. Hey, I don't have, you told me, Major League Baseball, that I have a disease. You're now telling me I don't have that disease. Let me play. I didn't come and say, I have a hamstring, I can't play. Like, the team tells the league, Guy's got a hamstring, a shoulder, whatever it is. He needs to go out. You're telling me I can't play. 
I'm back. Let me play. Yeah. No, you're right. And on the positive, we are getting these all out of the way kind of before the playoffs if we do happen to make them because 80% of this team basically has had COVID within the last year. You would think that they're not going to have another case in October. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously, I mean, the science is out on so much of this stuff and you sure. know, they're still trying to, to figure it out. But my understanding is getting COVID after you've already had COVID is very possible. People have had it. I think it's happened to... Uh, did it happen to Glaber? Yeah, he got it last Glaber year. Had and he got, it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but it doesn't happen within like two months, three months. Exactly. You would think the guys from this round are safe: Rizzo, Cole, Montgomery, Judge. Gary, yeah. Judge. Yeah, this whole this whole round, dude. It's it's crazy. It's like the whole lineup and half the rotation. It's wild. Like honestly, Rizzo should spit in Stanton's mouth on the way in. Like just boom, just get it over with. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, especially because we have Rizzo and Voight that'll be together now. We can lose Stan for two weeks. This would kind of be the perfect time. Yeah, if you think of these guys as like not human beings with families, <laughs> it's the perfect solution, which I cheer for laundry. So we're good. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. No, we both do. We're, we have that in common where we both cheer for laundry. And I think we're kind of developing a reputation as being quite negative. And look, we're happy the team's playing well, but I don't know if you agree with me. The reason we've been kind of negative is just because the expectations were so high. It's hard for me to get excited about being two and a half games back in the wild card when I thought we were going to roll through the division. So we're happy that they have the best record since July 4th or whatever, but it's still, they're still two and a half games out. Yeah. I mean, we were. That Saturday game, because like let's say we we don't win that Saturday night game, I don't have much confidence in coming back Sunday. We're in fourth place right now. We're an extra inning win away from fourth place. It is tough with the division too because I have a friend that's a Phillies fan, and I guess last week they were in first place for a day, and he was like all excited about being in first place. And I look at the standings, I'm like, man, you'd be in fifth in our division. Yeah. Like the division is a bitch, man. The division is really hard this year. Yeah, I mean, but like we know, we knew it would be, you know, and so I never used that as an excuse. You know, there was a lot of people, we'd be in first place in every other division it is if like, if it wasn't for the teams that are beating us, like (laughs) we're losing directly, like we're losing to the teams that are ahead of us. That's kind of how that's worked. Um, And yeah, I mean, I don't want to be in a wild card game. I think that's fine to say. 
I don't want to be in the wild card game. I really don't want to be in a wild card game on the road in Tampa or Boston. Like that is a nightmare scenario. Or At Oakland. home, I can stomach it. Or Oakland. Oh, Oakland would be horrible too. Wow. Yeah, that'd be a bad. Like one. it's like, what are the three? If you're just <laughs> boom, we're not even looking at the standings. There's no standings. Three places, four places you don't want to go are probably Tampa, Boston, Oakland, Houston. Exactly. That that would exactly be the four for me. I would go head. play in Chicago. I'd go play in Toronto, Seattle, Anaheim, Cleveland, Detroit, Minnesota, Kansas City, Texas, Baltimore, any of those places. No problem. Tampa, Houston, Oakland, Boston. It's the four nightmare spots. It, it's it's funny. It's funny. And the White Sox, by the way, the White Sox are frauds. They're like the twins in 2019. They're beating up on a horrible yeah. AL Central. We've, I mean, we're one inning away from sweeping them 6-0. and yeah. This year, we swept them at Yankee Stadium, and we we and we beat the shit out of their quote unquote high leverage relievers, like Liam Hendricks and Craig Kimbrell. We're bombing those guys. If we get into an ALDS or ALCS with them, I would love that. Yeah, I mean, I I think we can beat them. We've clearly shown we can beat them. Um, but when there's like time in between those series, you know, this was at the same time. So I've been trying to put myself in other fans like perspectives i started doing this in 2019 when we were playing houston and i was like i know gary sanchez is about to strike out i know edwin and carnacion is about to strike out like this is done but what are houston fans thinking are they still afraid like oh well, gary sanchez get a hold of one where are they so i always get in that and for White Sox fans, like this was for them. I mean, obviously they have a sizable lead in their division. They're not really worried. Their their fans are kind of excited to be there. You know, it's two thousand five all over again. You just lost two of three at home to a team that to a third place team that's not in a playoff spot. You still got a ten game lead in your division, so you don't have a ton to worry about. But you know, there is the element of like, hey, maybe they're just happy to be there. You know, they're not. But this was a weekend for them. If they took two or three from us, it's a totally different conversation in Chicago right now. Oh, yeah, it is. And just speaking from somebody that was at the game Saturday night, it really felt like they were just happy to be there. It was so weird. And, and I tweeted this being from the Northeast, going to games in, in Philly and Baltimore and New York or wherever. You're used to just going in there and you're a target when you're wearing a Yankee hat. You're going to get the Yankees suck. People might make some personal remarks to you. They had a lot of energy, but it was all directed towards their team like it's like I was it's like the Yankee fans weren't even there it was so bizarre for me and I don't know about the whole Midwest nice thing but they were just all of their energy was going towards their team and not towards the Yankees fans yeah because that's Midwest nice but like you're on the south side so it's like ugh. what'd you think of going to that stadium Dude, so I didn't mind the inside of the stadium. Once you're in the stadium, I thought it was fine getting there from you know where people mostly stay in Chicago. I was staying in Lakeview or, or wherever you're staying in Chicago. Getting there is a nightmare. The subway was similar to New York City where you're just packed in. We waited. It took us like an hour and it took us 90 minutes to get from you know Lakeview. Oh, you took the, the you took the train there. We okay. took the train because Ubers weren't really a thing, at least when I was in Chicago. They were like $100, and it was like a 20-minute gotcha. wait for an Uber. They have a shortage of drivers. So it was a nightmare, which put everybody on the subway. So it was kind of like a double whammy. And there's only two gates to get in that I saw. So once you got there, the lines were really backed up. Like it made gate four at Yankee Stadium look like a cakewalk. Like we were waiting there for like 15, 20 minutes. Um, but once we were in there, I thought it was a decent stadium once you're inside. Yeah, like the actual, like when you're in the stadium, 
it's it's nice enough. You know, it's nothing. It's nothing to write home about. It's not Pittsburgh. No. It's not San Francisco. Um, I mean, to a certain extent, it's kind of like Yankee Stadium. Like you got some good sight lines. It's you know, um, when you get into like the Bowser's, it's like a prison. Um, no, it was, it was. And yeah. dude, one thing I noticed we were sitting lower level, but it was the steepest upper deck I've ever seen. Like it was, it was the high, it reminded me of the old Yankee stadium a little bit just because the upper deck was huge and it looked I mean, it looked really scary up there. Yeah. I haven't been, uh, yeah. I don't remember that from being there. What'd you eat? We got the street corn okay. we talked about it, and then I, and then I just had some peanuts and pretzels. I didn't get like a meal there. Nice. Um, we, yeah. were, we were kind of eating and drinking throughout the day. Can't eat big game. I know. I know how you yeah. get. <laughs> And it was a big game, man. It was it was a fun game. The judge rocket in the eighth was awesome, and the Gallo homer was awesome. Great back and forth. So let's talk about game. Judge. Yeah, I mean, guys on fucking fire. You Fantastic, know? man. Fantastic. I mean, keep in mind, I never said to trade him because he was bad. Trade him because there's value, and he's putting the team on his back. There's been a lot of criticism, so I had tweeted out like. Judge here, judge heard the non-clutch talk. There's, I feel like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, in that time period, there was a lot of judges and clutch talk, and now he's really he's responded to it. I feel like he's been clutch all year. Like, all right, great, but I mean, we were just talking about that. He's not. So, you know, he's really he's been lining up last seven games, three fifty seven. With three home runs, 11 RBIs. Last 15 games, hitting 290 with five home runs, 15 RBIs. Like, I mean, that's what you want out of your star player. Staying healthy. He's basically doing what Stanton didn't do during the last outbreak in July when everybody was down and, and Stanton was really the only power hitter in there and he wasn't doing anything. Yeah, I think the cornfield, something in that cornfield woke him up because he was a that's monster marketing in the Aaron. Of Dreams game. That's yeah. marketing Aaron. He knows. <laughs> he puts his marketing hat on and he's ready to go. I think he's a guy that pays attention to what people say too. I mean, he's blocked you on Twitter. He's clearly has his nose to the. He's blocked you know, me on Instagram, and I've never it, like my Instagram is just pictures of my daughter. That's weird. But I think he pays attention. Is the point? Like, I think he's yeah. on Twitter. I'm sure he's got burners and everything. Like, I think he's pretty plugged into what people think. Yeah, yeah, good. It's helped motivate him. Yeah, but yeah, the, the home run in the eighth that was a missile, and it was like this high off the ground. Off of Kimbrel, and I—I I don't know. I feel like they're very confident. Like, I think they said it only got like fifty-one feet off the ground. Is that that was his highest point? Okay. Yeah, that's what they said. It was like it was something in the low fifties, and they were like comparatively Joey Gallo's home run, where he should have like torn everything in his body, was like one hundred and fifty feet high. Oh, that thing was yeah, that yeah. thing soared. But we own these relievers. It kind of reminded me of Brad Hand with Liam Hendricks and Craig Kimbrell. Like I feel like there's these relievers that have good stats, but they just they just melt in late innings against the Yankees. Well, that is, I mean, that's the roster that we built. That's the lineup that we built. We we are Cole and Prey. So you get Cole, you're you're hoping to get your seven innings out of him. Then the rest of the rotation, and now obviously like Tyone has Tyone stepped up in a big way. I'm not gonna. Oh my God. Um, you know, Nestor's out there battling. Um, and you've got, I mean, Haney sucks. Hill's doing well. Montgomery's coming back. So we'll see what we have there. But we were built around, we've got this killer bullpen. So if you can go out there and you give us five innings, we'll find a guy like a Green. Then we've got Loisica, Britton, Chapman, game over. And even if you go out there and for four innings, you stink and you give up four runs at four innings we're built to beat up on their relievers 
we're supposed to take a lot of pitches. So that's like that's where and obviously he looked lost this year and he got injured, but like Hicks takes a lot of pitches, works a lot of counts. Uh DJ's got a really good eye. So we're just supposed to get to the bullpen and beat them up and that we've been winning with the aside from the hiccups in the bullpen. Like these are the games that we're supposed to win. That's the game plan that we're supposed to, you know, do it with. And that was really magnified in the White Sox series because that's exactly what they did. Even in the Field of Dreams game that they lost, they, you know, they beat everybody up. They, I mean, they ran Lance Lynn's pitch count up really high. They got to Kimbrell. They got to Hendricks again. So, yeah, no, they're doing exactly what you're saying. This is what they're built for. They're not the most athletic team. They're not the fastest team. They're built quick strike homers late in games. And at the same time, if someone goes out there and just throws strikes, like that's how it's always been. You know, I think back to when we had to play Detroit forever ago and like Kenny Rogers just went out there and was like, here, it's 72 over the plate. I'm out of here in 81 pitches. You know, if you do that, we'll take pitches. We'll get thrown off. If you change speeds on us, we're going to we're going to be lost up there. So, you know, we just got to yeah. see pitches. That's what they were doing earlier in the year. Speaking of 72 mile an hour right over the plate, Nestor Cortez is well, – David Cohn mentioned – everybody's like, how has he gotten so good? What has he done? And, and David Cohn kind of said something that I didn't even think of, and he was like, you know, he added three miles an hour to his fastball. I don't know if that's all it is, but I, maybe that does make a huge difference going from 89 to 92. Like could that be it? Is that why he looks all world now after being barely a major league player? So – I think the difference from 89 to 92 is big because it's also like once you get to if he could find another mile an hour or two this offseason, like that's where when it gets to 95, like that's when it's like you can't see it Um, difficult. But going from 89 to 92 is big. I didn't like at the beginning of the season when he was doing it because it's like you're a major league baseball player with a fucking Yankees. We're supposed to be winning the World Series, supposed to be winning the division and all that fun shit. But now, yeah, fucking throw it sidearm. Like, have some fun. <laughs> it's fun. It's like he's out there. He's battling. He's trying to do, you know, he's trying to quick pitch guys. Like, he's doing – Nestor Cortez, as a major league pitcher, cannot stand on the mound, look at the plate, take a sign, blow it by you. Cannot do that. Does not have that ability. Can maybe for the bottom third of your order. But he can get creative and find a way. And, hey, work with what you got. Find a way to work with it. Get it done. I mean, Odor was cut from a team. Not a good defensive second baseman. Definitely not supposed to be playing third base. But he's out there, and he's just fucking – he's being a baseball player. Nestor Cortez is not pitching. He's playing baseball. You're right, and he's a pitcher, not a thrower. The Yankees have acquired so many guys over the years that just throw hard and have high spin rates and all that, all that analytical bullshit. And Nestor is kind of the opposite of all that. He's he's the opposite of the analytics guy. He's small. He's kind of chubby. He doesn't he doesn't throw that hard, but he knows how to pitch. And I think it's something that a lot of these newer pitchers just don't know how to do is just fucking pitch. And he, you know, even to hear that he's saying because he's he's still a young guy. I mean, he looks 45 years old, yeah. but he's still a young guy. So. Hearing that on his like you know like tomorrow, he's probably he's gonna go to Boone and say, "Hey, I'm available if you don't want me to do my side session. Let's go." I mean, he's not slated to pitch again until I think it's like Friday. He's got Friday against the Twins. Yeah, yeah. yeah hey, we got five games in between. Fucking Nestor will give us an inning. 
Yeah, give us an inning or two. And when we went to the Philly game on Saturday, when Tyone made it one out and Nestor came in through like four shutout innings in relief, that was kind of the start of his his takeoff. It's been awesome, especially for a guy that was already here and left. And just I think part of it is, is his appearance, like you said, but it's just been great to see. Yeah, he looks like a fucking toad. He looks like <laughs> frog and toad. The mustache is great. Man. The yeah. mustache is hilarious. They got to get they got to get on the fucking same page this team yeah. with the mustaches. Stanton's got one too. Yeah, but like so also so Nestor has a silly mustache, right? Stanton has um like uh he's trying to be stylish with his mustache and he's got yeah. the little thing under his lip which again, lip, yep. organizational chaos. Organizational chaos. I get it. If you want to get rid of the the rule, the facial hair rule, if the Yankees got rid of it, I'm not going to lose a fucking ounce of sleep. But if the rule is there, enforce the rule. I think I've talked about it on this podcast before. My frat house, had a, we walk right in there, big staircase. You know, we got a couple of living big staircase. Right next to it, there's a plaque. The front staircase is for brothers and their immediate family only. Seems like a dickheaded thing. Girls come over. They can't go up the staircase. They have to use the back staircase. You guys call it the pig shoot behind everyone's back. That's rude. It was a different time. It wasn't right. But the reason that we had that rule is because when you walk into a frat house, it's a fucking free-for-all. That's what you expect. When you walk into the Yankees, when you walk into New York City, it's a free-for-all. You need one rule right away to establish. There are rules here. There's a way to act. So, also, Stanton looks like a fucking street magician. He's got the facial hair <laughs> of a guy who comes up to you and goes, pick a card, and then pulls it out of your fucking ear. He really does. And Gallo has, like, a full, almost a full beard. I don't know if you noticed yeah. that. Like, he's not even shaving. Yeah. Then you got Wade and Void who have the long hair in the back. Like, guys, get it together. Figure it out. Well, at least – but what I said they got to get together is, like, is everyone growing mustaches? You can't have three guys grow mustaches. Everybody's got to grow mustaches. Like when Brendan Ryan did it, it was like, oh, this is cute. Some of the guys started to do it. Jeter's not going to do it, but that's fine. He's Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter is not on this team. Aaron Judge, if the team's growing a mustache, he grows a mustache. Sanchez, Stan, everyone grows a mustache if we're doing mustaches. Yeah, and I think some of them would get into it. Like, I think Glaber and Geo could get into it and have some yeah. fun. Guardy's Guardy's done it in the past yeah. with Brendan Ryan, like you said. I think they have some guys. They seem like a fun group that would do it. I could see Voight doing it. Odor. I think Nestor might have to Voight's do some. Voight's down to do anything the boys are yeah. doing. If yes. the boys are doing it, Voight's down to do it. As long as it's not catching pop-ups. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Or shortening up with two strikes and trying to make so, contact. Anything else he's in. I've got – so Nestor has inspired me. You know, every once in a while I like to come up with a new stat. Yeah, I throw out my new stats on here. I don't remember any of the ones that I've said in the past, if we're being honest. But I came up with a new stat. It's the QSC. So all stats now are, as far as I understand, it's just like, oh, here's a stat baseball's had forever. Now let's put like another letter in it and be like, oh, here's how we're going to tweak it to modernize it. QSC. Every team has a coach that's a fat guy. There's a fat coach on every team. This is the coach who will assign this statistic. It's not the official scorer. It's called the quality start cookie stat. Quality starts six innings or more with, what is it, three three runs or less? Maybe a little bit of an archaic stat because sometimes a guy goes out there and he really battles and he really gets it done and he does. He gives the team a quality start, but maybe it's five and two-thirds of one run. Or two runs or whatever it is. Maybe it is one run over six innings, seven innings. That still counts. That fat coach 
has to give you a cookie if you do a good job. Like Nestor Cortez is eating Stroopwafel in the dugout, and that's it. And then you just mark it down like, oh, fat coach gave him a cookie. That's a QSC. That kind of goes into your wins above ape with the manager being involved yes, too. So yes. you kind of so tie there we those go. both two together. That's exactly yeah. what it is. That was my other one. Yes. Can you do a better job than a monkey? Yes. This is wins like a above full it. analytical family you're building. It's here. a New revolution. I'm revolutionizing the game. That and my rule suggestions that I've just randomly throw out at times. Have you seen my two new rules? The peg one I saw. I think that's a good idea. Yeah, the peg one. Or so here's my other one is do you know anything about horse racing? A little bit. I bet on it sometimes. So yeah. all the horses are the same weight. If they're not the same weight, they put weights on them, on the harness. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So that's what you have to do for your ghost runner. <laughs> so you pick a guy like, I don't know. Do you go Tyler Wade or do you go – do you have a fat guy on your team? Do you go David Ortiz? And it's like now you've got Tyler Wade wearing a weighted vest. Yeah, do you want him carrying bricks or would you rather just have Gary? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. You got to pick your guy. I think that makes it fun. We got to rock. Hey, listen, if we're playing seven inning double headers, headers, let's rock and jock this a little bit. Now you have to. And we have one. We have one on Tuesday. How are you feeling <coughs> about, about Boston coming to town for three? It's a quick three. It's a two-day, three-game series. It's going to be quick. What do you think? Listen, uh, we're talking right now and it is 6.50. We got 15 minutes till this game starts. It's going to be Thursday before we know it. Like the Angels and Red Sox are going to be in and out before we even have time to think about it. I hate the seven-inning doubleheaders because we're not built. We didn't build a team for and you you don't get to pivot in one season from 2020 to 2021 and be like, oh, I built a seven-inning team. We've built a team that wins games in the eighth and ninth inning. So that scares me. But I don't know. Like maybe maybe you catch they've been slipping. Maybe you catch them slipping. They're not paying attention. We're going to uh, – do we miss Sale? Yeah, we miss Sale. We miss Sale, but we get Avaldi, who it feels like we've never beaten as a Red Sox. Yeah, I mean we've never won a game with him on the mound on either side. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then you got the Twins for four. Now that it's a crazy – it's a crazy week. They're playing, what, eight eight games in, in seven days this week. It's going to – you're going to know a lot by the end of the weekend. And the Twins, that's got to be – that's got to be at least three. The Twins at home, minimum three out of four. Like that is the series that they could maybe actually sweep because it's the Twins. Yeah. I mean we're looking at eight games over the next week. Got to win – I mean, you got to win six of them. Absolutely. I mean, you don't have to win six of them. Tonight should be a layup. Cole, Cole at home against the Angels. That 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 should that's got it. You got to pencil that one in. They're like minus two ninety tonight or something. Yeah, I mean, but every time we pencil them in, I know. You know, we throw out some of these punt lineups. Like Wednesday, I mean, what was that? That was yeah. a major league team. And it, but I said sad. like Neil Keefe had said something. I was like, yeah, but of course we're going to win because fucking Boone. It's bizarre, man. But I mean, look, like you said, you got to eat when you can eat or whatever you said. Yeah. And, and this is a chance to eat tonight. Cole at home against the Angels. He should be rested, raring to go, six, seven innings. And then look, Montgomery and Heal on Tuesday. I really like the way Heal's throwing the ball. He, he's He's been a beast. So it's I'm not Haney. It's not yeah. Haney. He fucking sucks, man. He's awful, dude. What is it? Eight home runs in 15 innings? Yeah. Like what was, <laughs> what was the thought process in just like, Getting that trade. If you got traded for Andrew Haney, you got to kill yourself. You probably have. You'd be like, I am useless. These guys are sitting in an Angels minor league thing. Like for this bag of shit, I was going to be a Yankee. And this bag of shits in the fucking field of dreams. 
he's a walking batting practice machine. He it's really bad. is. It's bad. It's not. And you know what? I almost feel like I feel bad for him. It's not his fault. He could have. What could happen here, realistically? And I don't even know. Like, what is he a real major leaguer, or does he have options? I have no idea what his story is, and I hope to never find out. Well, what I'm wondering is. Oh, he's thirty. He's still on a low money deal. Let's find out if he has options left. Jesus Christ. Before you get to his like actual like stats or anything, you get like Bronx pinstripes articles about him. Meet Andrew Haney, the <laughs> Yankees favorite. Even like baseball reference is like the fifth option for him. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So he is, Oh, he's a free agent after this year. Anyway, so he's done. I mean, I guess he's the long man once Montgomery and Kluber and all of them are activated. Well, I was going to say, like, this guy sucks so bad that he could have gone for – he could have stayed in Anaheim and just been a shitty pitcher for them for, like, forever. Like, forever. And now you come to the Yankees and you're just getting exposed. as like, who's going to fucking sign this guy? Yeah, nobody. Yeah, I think it's eight eight runs or eight home runs in fifteen innings and fifteen earned runs in fifteen innings. So he's got a nine ERA and he's allowed eight homers. Yeah, he's the worst. I don't, I don't know how even know what role he's going to play. Like, I don't want to see him in the bullpen. I don't. That's why I think anywhere. he's going to get released. Ah, uh, no, Cashman's not going to release somebody that he just traded for. Why? I mean, There's no way. I'm if sure they saw something in his spin rate or his bull, some sort of bullshit like that. Well, he's gone after this season. So, like, I mean, what are we like, What are we holding on to him for? Like, yeah, maybe that, you yeah. keep him on the 40-man for September when it comes to the playoffs. Like, you can't have him on the playoff roster. Oh, no. He can be nowhere near a mound in the playoffs. Nowhere near a bullpen in the playoffs either. Yeah. I didn't realize that we were paying how much money we we're paying Luke Voigt. How much does Voigt make? He's making four point seven million this year. I thought he he's was got what two after this year. He's a free years? agent in twenty twenty five. So I he's guess this was his so first bummed. arbitration year. That's why he got that pay increase. He's got to be so bummed, man. Not only is he not going to be a free agent for a while, but he's he's he he said it. You know, I've done so much for this organization, and now I'm basically cast aside. Did he say that? Yeah, he did, which I thought was a little bit, you know, a little bit much. He, yeah, I he know, had a couple of good years. Wait, 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 wait. When did he say that? Like on that was, Friday when? Yeah, it was something along the lines of with what I've done for the organization or all I've done for the organization that you wouldn't expect this. But then he said he did the whole it's a business. He, you know, he mixed that in there. But yeah, he was clearly he was clearly upset. All I've done for this organization. You've hit 48 home runs in three years. Fuck are we talking about? Oh, yeah, no. He's, he's got, missed a lot of time. No, he's got uh, 62 home runs since 2018. What are we talking about? All I've done for this organization. You hit 22 home runs in a fucking short season. You couldn't catch a cold if I threw it to you. That's a reason he hasn't been on the COVID IL because he hasn't, because he can't catch anything. <laughs> Organizational chaos, man. Luckily. All I've done for this team, I've never won. I've never been an all-star. I don't think he even played in the playoffs in 2019 either. Let's he say. missed like the entire second half of 2019 with that. Uh, it was like a stomach thing or a groin 2018, thing. 2018, he, he played in 118 games. Yeah, but he, he missed like the, the end. 
postseason. Yeah. yeah he, 2019, he was not there for the playoffs. But yeah, he's probably referring to the last year, which, like you said, who cares? 60 games, 22 homers. Yeah. Cool. No one gives a fuck what you did last year. It's such a no-brainer to have Rizzo out there. It really is different, man. It's 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 crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. It used to be like – and now, especially when you've got the odor Voigt corners, it's like, oh, God, give me Gio and Rizzo. I could go to sleep on a ground ball. <laughs> yes, yes. It's the stress factor when a ball is hit to somebody. Like when the ball is hit to Rizzo, I'm like, oh, he's going to pick it. He's going to catch it. He's going to whatever. When anytime Void is involved on a play, whether it's he's fielding it or he's receiving it, you get worried. So at this point in the season, we don't have much season left. Where do you think the Yankees end up? I believe they will get the second wild card. I don't know if they're going to win that game. For me, my biggest concern or worry is, is the bullpen. We have all these quote unquote elite relievers that can't close. Like my fear is that position players get it together. They they've done it. Kluber comes back all of a sudden the rotations looking good. Montgomery comes back and you just have this bullpen that's blowing games. I am very concerned about the bullpen, but I think they'll get the second wild card game. What's up what with Kluber? Uh, he had a rehab start over the weekend. He got lit up, I think in double a. Yeah. Yeah. So, we we'll pencil that in, <laughs> but maybe what two weeks? Maybe two weeks to see him, assuming no setbacks, which you can't do. I know, but yeah, I mean, you got to hope. At least he's not having setbacks. He's just stinking. Yeah, we can we <laughs> can fix better. stinking. We can't fix setbacks. He stunk in spring training too, so I'm not too worried about that. Yeah, my biggest fear is having that second wild card game. Um, I mean, like I'm still holding out hope that I don't know. We end up on, we find some way to go on a run. We you know. Tampa struggles. They got Dave Robertson. Yeah, hilarious. I, I want no parts in. People are like, oh, I wonder if the Yankees could have looked at him. I'm so done with him. Stop with the nostalgia, people. He wasn't even good. He wasn't good in the Olympics. Like, More he was getting Philly. beat up by, like, not Major League Baseball players. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No parts in him. Like, yeah, anyone who's going straight to a major league deal from that should have, like, a zero ERA in the Olympics. And he did, did not. Did the race give him a major league deal? Yeah. Got a major league deal, going to go to AAA just to get in a in a groove. So he'll probably be, you know, with the Rays in, like, a week. So I think they're going to get the second wild card. Do you think they have a chance to get the first to get that game at home? Because that, to me, that's that's the difference. If they, if they get that game at home, all of a sudden I'm confident. Well, so – the way it is right now, I mean, the Red Sox and Oakland are in pretty much a tie. We're two and a half back. So it's all within reach. That's the key, man. That's yeah. the key because our crowd can will. Our crowd has shown the ability to just will the team to victory in those wild card games. I've seen it. I was at both of them. Pretty sure you were too. Yeah. But then, of course, the fear is then it's like, what, well, what happens next? Because that's what it feels like even when we, you know – we go on these runs late in the season, we get there and it's like, all right, well now, even if we find our way out of a division series, we're starting, you know, Chad Green in game six. Right. And you only get Cole for one game in the DS as opposed to two. That's a massive, massive disadvantage. And to me, in the wild card game on the road, it's not even about Cole. Like I think if he goes on the road in Tampa or Fenway, you know, six innings, one run, seven innings, two runs, something about that. But it's, are we going to hit that day? And what is the bullpen going to do? I'm telling you, man, yeah. this bullpen scares me. Yeah. Yeah. We just got to, got to hope for the best. Dan, you got anything for us? 
Yeah, I didn't have anything prepared, but I have a proposition for you, Jack. All right. Am I going to go on yeah, a date with so, your grandma? No. <laughs> no. Well, I saw you, you tweeted earlier that you ordered a Peloton. I did. I ordered a Peloton. And let me tell you how fucked up this is. I ordered a Peloton, and part of it was that I've known people who've gotten Pelotons over the last year, and they're like, it's five months for delivery, three months for delivery. I went on the website, and it said, most deliveries under two weeks. And I was like, all right, yeah, but it'll probably be a couple weeks. I have a little bit. I can get through the rest of the summer before I start thinking this. I fucking hit submit. They're like, Wednesday morning. I have a Peloton here in less than 48 hours. Better be ready to roll. I'd be fucking ready to ride. Good thing I bought the shoes with the box, with the No ramp-up period for you. No ramp-up period. I'm going to be so shredded. So what do you got with that, Dan? All right. So I I have faith in you. I, I in feel you. like that's a lie. The way you said that was a lie. You do not have faith in me I, for whatever I you're going to say. I believe in you. Okay. But, you know, maybe in the winter months, collecting some dust. If I drive up to Philly, can I have it? No, because my wife will murder you. It's a gift for my wife, pretty much. Oh, okay. Well. Yeah, you were gonna drive up and just and just drive it back. That was the plan. Yeah, you thought I just yeah. spent like twenty two hundred dollars on a Peloton and I was just gonna give it to you before I even paid off the credit card. Yeah, I thought you were gonna challenge him to a race or some sort of. That was my like fear. That. My I think I have a Peloton. I thought maybe you did. I thought you know you're at your sister's house right now because you're like doing work for her or whatever. I thought you were gonna be like, yeah, my sister's got one. I'm gonna smoke you. As soon as I got it, then people are like, yo, here's my fucking username. Let's go. It's like this is a private thing. That's a HIPAA violation. Don't ask me my Peloton name. It's a HIPAA violation. How does it work? It's like playing somebody on Xbox, like you both go on it at the same time and no. challenge them. Or So it's like you can pick a class. So they have live – my understanding is they have live classes and they have like recorded classes and whatever. So you do it and then it ranks you against everyone else who's ever done it. And then you can also – whether it be like speed, RPMs, whatever calories burned, whatever it is. And then – they, you essentially can like have your friends. So you see how you do stacked up against them. You could all join the same class together, I believe. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to learn a lot. Apparently, I have access to the app already. Not going to dabble Ooh. in that yet. Not going to dabble in that at all yet. But I mean, we'll see. I'm thinking about, so I, right before COVID, I had my daughter. And so I was sober leading up to my wife going into labor because I just, you know, if she goes into labor, I got to drive to the hospital. So I can't be high. I can't be drunk. If I'm, if I'm not high, I hardly ever eat. I'm not that interested in it. So I was like, all right, I lost a lot of weight. And then COVID hit and I was still, I was working, I was going to the gym, COVID hit. and I've probably gained a, a fair amount of it back. So I am thinking about after Labor Day weekend, just saying on Twitter, this is my Peloton name. This is how much I weigh right now. Let's public shame it. Ultimate way to hold yourself accountable. Yeah. So like Drew McGarry, who used to write for Deadspin, it's – I forget what it is now. Defamer or something like the Defactor. I don't know. Um, He would do it every once in a while. Every day he would tweet his weight. It's like it's the best way to lose weight. Probably works. Yeah. Hold yourself accountable. Now, will you stop smoking in conjunction with that or? Well, I mean, I think I got to go on a push. 
I gotta yeah, go on. Yeah. I gotta go on a a a, a clean up. I gotta clean up my life a little bit. Okay, gotcha. I use the winter as that opportunity. Interesting. That's interesting. You say the winter because I know people that are like, oh, I have nothing else to do in the winter but smoke weed. I'd rather do that in the summer or the spring. No, I mean, so I may. I, what I've got to do is, you know, f- find a way to balance it a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, but yeah, no. When I go on like a kick, I do no carbs, no grain, no sugar, no dairy. Like I go totally. I just eat chicken and vegetables. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I'm just I'm getting up there. So I figured, hey, this Peloton's a move. My wife wants to get moving around a little more because we also don't have a gym anymore. Like we've got some stuff in the basement, but like we used to live across the street from a gym and then COVID hit and we weren't going to it. So got it. We can see what we can do. Peloton, man, I'm joining the cult. Yeah, man, it, it is a cult. Like I don't, and what I don't understand is can't you just buy a regular exercise bike and get an iPad and Look up classes online. I believe so. I believe so. I believe a lot of people do do that. You don't get the community, the friends, the all that that comes with it. I guess. I I don't know. But like I've ridden exercise bikes for a long time and been fine with it. But I don't know. Like I I am not susceptible to cults. I'm susceptible to starting a cult. (laughs) Like I look at everything going on in like politics. I'm like, how did I not start a cult? You know, Um, I could be Q. But I'm kind of hoping I get swept up in this one. And I'm just like, boom. Like, the worst case scenario in this is I just get ripped. Which would be dangerous not, for everybody. Not a bad scenario. I'm charming. I've, I'm very funny. I've got great blue eyes. I make a lot of money. But, like, but I'm fat. <laughs> there, if I was ripped, it'd be over for you bitches. You're like a four-tool player in life almost. Yeah, pretty much. I really am. <laughs> but, like, yeah, if we consider, like, fat and ugly being one tool. Because that's a problem, too. Like, when I've lost weight before, you find out that you're just, like, your face thins out. You just find out, like, no, nah, I'm just ugly. <laughs> it's tough. But now I got a beard. I've had a beard for a while. So we'll see. You go back and forth with the facial hair. You're like some of these Yankees guys. Sometimes I no. see you, you're clean shaven. I haven't been clean shaven in a long time. So in way more than a year. So I could never grow a beard ever. I always had like some stubble. I started doing it in college like so I could get into bars. Yeah. Um, and my wife was always like, you look fucking atrocious. Like any girl I ever did, you look like it looks terrible. Don't do it. I tried to grow beards at times. Like when I was a senior in college, I was the president of my frat. I tried to grow a beard to let these freshman girls know who's in charge. It was yeah, like a joke course. I made. Up. It comes in <laughs> so patchy. And then – when we had my daughter <clears throat> and I was home on paternity leave for like four weeks, I just didn't shave. And then I started shaving up and it like I grew a beard. And then Susie happened and I was on the news with a fucking beard that I had never had before. Then I did a couple of videos. Then I went to go back to work. I shaved. I started doing videos and people were like, what the fuck? Where's the beard? And, like, for some of these, you know, middle-aged women who followed Susie and, like, the story and, like, this hey, nice guy, family man, whatever, they want to see a beard. You know, I'm trying to sell a kid's book eventually, so we'll have the beard. And then I just kept growing it. So I trim it, but I'm thinking, like, I got to be close to the point where I could shave it off and fuck with my daughter. That's really what I'm doing it for. <laughs> so we'll see. At some point, I will shave it. I think when I lose weight, I'll shave it. I don't want to okay. see what it looks like right now. It's not good. We'll have to follow your journey. Yeah. 
I'm gonna have to fucking get a security system so Dan doesn't steal my journey. <laughs> yeah, seriously, man. He's you gotta watch out. Hey, you watch out. Hey, you just bought this four hours ago. You think I could have it? <laughs> I tried. I, I don't blame you. Hey, it was a good shot. It was a good shot. Anything going on with uh your grandma? No, I I don't know what's going on with that. She she doesn't care about sports, but her texts have made it to our like our chain, our internal chain, yeah. which is great. Which is what yeah, I so love. she texted me on the Field of Dreams game and she goes, Do you think the Yankees will win the Field of Dreams game? And I just say, Hopefully. I love it. But I love it. I know that like before that, but like here's the thing, here's my concern, right? Because listen, Patty, she seems like a doll. She's listening to this, right? Oh yeah. How come she texted you on Thursday and you haven't you guys haven't texted since July? That's concerning. It's been like she a month. She comes to our house a lot. Oh, okay. She lives very close by. In person okay. meetings. Yeah. Okay. Because okay. how old is she? Uh, 80 something. Send her a text while you can. Spend time with her. I don't have any living grandparents. Do it. So I want to know what that Thrillist article she sent you in July was, though. <laughs> what is Noni doing on uh, the Thrillist? I don't know. I can, I can get a little check on that real quick. Also, you have 313 unread text messages. Clean up your fucking life, Florida man. Yeah, no what, what is going on with that? We don't do that kind of shaming around here. Yeah, we, how do you live your life? People are looking for you. You live in Florida. You probably have a lot of messages of like, I'm on a ventilator, get vaccinated. I regret not getting it. Hey, I'm vaxxed. Where, I know, but like people, you know, people are concerned down there for each other now. Yeah, it is bad. It is. It's not good. All right. I think that's all we got. We got to go watch this game. You yeah, f- I'm good, man. 710. Yeah. Uh, you can follow Nick on Twitter. At NKirbyNYY. Oh, wait, wait, wait. We got to cover something real quick. Nick broke his ankle playing fucking softball in a non-contact situation. Hold on. I'm sorry. We're going to miss the first pitch here. Um, Nick, you're a hardo when it comes to these rec sports. You got your spider tack and all this. Yep. How'd, how'd you break your ankle? So I'm in left. Uh, depending on who we're playing, I'll play either left or left center. So I was playing in left. We were playing a team that pulls a lot. Okay. Basically is how this was going. And it was – so it was Sunday was semifinals championship. So we win the semifinal game. We're going to the championship. Going to the championship. Pretty chip. excited. Is this so all excited. guys or is this co-ed? It's co-ed, but all of our girls played in at least high school and two of them played in college. Okay. So they, they can all play. Yeah. Um, so basically what happened is – you know, fly ball. It's it's kind of, it it's kind of a fifty fifty ball between me and the guy in left center. Uh, I call it first. You know, I had a beat on it. I will maintain that till the day I die that I was going to catch that ball. I called it first. He calls me off late. It was clearly his mistake. I'm not gonna not gonna rip him on here and say who it is. Um, but you know, he calls me off last second. I try to basically stop or I don't know what I did, but it was like a change of direction, non contact thing, and I just went down immediately. And I have a pretty pretty high pain tolerance and stuff, but I was down and I was screaming and I knew, I knew it was fucked up. I knew it was bad. And I had the whole, you know, everybody surrounding me and looking down. Oh, that's the fucking worst. I wish I drove by. Damn. I wish I drove by the park. It was scary, man. It was scary. And then uh, I did walk as I was walking off under my own power. Somehow I was, I was begging, you know, to stay in the game. I was like, give me a shit. Like, let me see if I can get in the box. Like it was the, it was the second inning of the championship. I wanted to stay in. So then I'm then I'm hurt and I'm I'm sitting there and is Jamie you know, there? She's there, yeah. Okay. She's there. 
So she's like, you know, we got to go to urgent care. And I was like, look, like I made it this far. I need to see if we win, if we win the championship game, like I want a medal too. So we're sitting there and I tried to be vocal. Like I'm on the bench. I'm still, you know, yelling at the umpire. I'm trying to fire people. That's up, what they want. Know? Some guy making $33 has a guy with one leg yelling at him. <laughs> doing whatever I can do. And we, we ended up, uh, we ended up, we held on, we won, um, you know, took the team picture and then went right to urgent care. Where did you get a medal? Got a medal. Yeah. Medal still in Jamie's car. I forgot it. <laughs> and the urgent worst care, part, they do x-rays the worst, there. They did. The worst part of urgent care is they just, they order it, you know, where they see you and there's all these pussies in there. That, oh, I have a cold. I have the sniffles, whatever. And I had to wait for all them as my ankles falling off. And I, they finally well, got seen. You should have. Well, I guess, no, we're in a pandemic, so it's tough. But I would have said like maybe an emergency room. Well, with a fiance that works in a hospital, Jamie, she was like, it's going to take, it's going to take way too long. She was like, you're better off. What is the care. point of having a fiance who works at a hospital if you can't skip the line? So like my mom worked at, has worked at hospitals my whole life. I go to the emergency room. I've wa- I've had a bad headache and walked past people who literally have bullets in them and gone in the back and gotten looked at. Yeah, I got to be honest. As my ankle was throbbing, I, I that did that thought did not pop into my head. I wasn't really thinking at all. <laughs> so what's the recovery here? So that's interesting. So I'm going to the orthopedic guy tomorrow. I'm going to find out whether I need surgery, what the timeline is, what the deal is. These were, these were like basic urgent care guys. They were just like, your ankle's fucked up. Go see the orthopedic. So that appointment's tomorrow. Ooh, where are you going? Uh, Temple. Temple. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They give you any painkillers? No, but I probably would have said no. Um, I've just heard so many horror stories of people getting hooked on those. Oh Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just like one to get through the night. Yeah, I'm gonna rock. I'm gonna rock Motrin for now, but yeah, uh, scary. yeah. There you go. Well, it's gonna be. I mean, hopefully you're back for next season. We're gonna want to hear about kickball and softball and all the. Injuries. There will be a full recovery. There will be a full recovery. Oh, I'll tell I you know. that right now. I know. Well, if you'll get in the MRI machine. <laughs> oh, I will. I'm not like seven. We'll see. So yeah, follow Nick on Twitter at and Kirby NYY. Send me some good. Uh, send me some good tips. If anybody's ever broken their fibula. And has any advice or any experience at all, we can make like a support group or something. Um, that'd be great. Fibula fracture. Now I'm looking it up. I didn't even know we're getting into the bones. Uh, wait. So, oh, God, that doesn't look fun. Ugh. Tibia is worse, the guy said. Tibia yeah. supports. Eight. I'm learning a lot about it. Yeah, the, the, the fibula is the, like the smaller bone. So it does. that's why you were able to walk a little bit. It does, yeah. It does fifteen percent of the weight bearing. Tibia does eighty five. Are you in like an air cast or anything, dude? They gave me this bullshit like splint thing with this hard thing on the calf. It is really uncomfortable. I have it off right now. I'm hoping tomorrow the orthopedic guy could give me some sort of boot or something that's functional because I can't walk at all. Like hobbling around my apartment on crutches, yeah. can't do really. You know, it's, it's tough. So they'll hopefully, give you I can like, they'll give you like an air cast. It's gonna cost your insurance a fucking billion dollars. Dude, that was the first thing I thought of. I was like, wow, I'm really glad I have. I'm really glad I paid attention to the health insurance presentation when signed up for this this new job. Because most of the hey, 22-year-old me probably wouldn't have even looked at it. Oh, my God. I went a lot of – like, I'm older than you. So when I was under 25, it wasn't an option to stay on your parents' insurance. Uh, like, you graduate college, you're just off your parents' insurance. And so, yeah, there were. I probably went like two years, no insurance. You what are you gonna do? You get take some money out of my paycheck that I can't buy beer with? <laughs> out of your mind. I'm not gonna get hit by a bus. That's what everybody said. Yeah. Says. Well, hey, if you get hit by a bus, get hit by a city bus. Get a nice settlement. <laughs> you follow Dan on Twitter. 
Juicy99. And he tweets a lot from George's Box Pod. You can follow me at JJ from the Bronx. Coming to you every Tuesday. We record on Monday evenings. I don't know. Maybe we'll ask for some questions next week. Dan, next week, tweet, ask for some questions. Give us some shit to talk about. And then you can read us the questions. Yeah. There you go. If they teach you how to read in Florida. Hey, we'll see you at the parade. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.